Welcome to the Silicon Slopes Conversations. Today we're here with Dave and Liz Finley, who are the co-founders of Albion. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining. I always enjoy the uh, interviews where there's an actual physical product. I happen to be wearing... You're repping today. I noticed. And no lie... This is the best hoodie I've ever worn, and there's lots of people in the office that can attest to that. It's like, I don't have to adjust my sleeves all the time, and it just feels great, and it's not too hot, not too cold, so we thank need, you. We need models, so that is not just me. say next week. You can't be that hard-pressed. Um, very cool, and thank you everyone for joining. As you know, there will be a Q&A at the end, so get your questions ready and don't be shy right out of the gate. Um, let's just jump right in. Um, you guys can play off of each other. Um, the founding story. Give us the genesis of it all. Yeah, well, I'll give you the quick, the quick version. Is uh, We met at work in college. We were going to the University of Utah. And for a minute there, I thought I wanted to be an attorney. And Dave's dad was an attorney at the firm. So we both got jobs there. And I quickly found out I did not want to be an attorney. But I did find something else there. And I was madly in love with Dave for a really long time. And apparently the feeling was not mutual. Um, and we can talk about that now and it's fine. You know, I don't think he's being forthright, but um, our fingers did touch pushing the facts button once at the same time. But uh, yeah, so dated, got married and I was getting a PhD in English lit. Dave had a graphic design degree living in San Diego, love and life, and then everything just turned upside down overnight. Um, I got pregnant with twins, which was great news, but frightening. Uh, my mom got diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, and honestly, like plan A and plan B just kind of went right out the window, and my parents needed help with the family business, which was a clothing factory in Guatemala. And all of my growing up, they had sewn clothes for Nike and Reebok and, and NFL jerseys, NBA jerseys, and they really needed help. We didn't know how long we'd have my mom for, and they kind of, they offered Dave an opportunity to learn the family business. So packed up the twins, moved down to Guatemala, where my mom is from, actually. And to be honest, we knew it was going to be a tough situation. It was like 2006, 2007, but... Right when we got there, China had all of their quotas were lifted, so they could just import as much stuff as they wanted. And all of a sudden, all this work started shifting to Asia. And we had about 1,000 employees, uh, three different factories, two in Guatemala, Nicaragua. And it was a pretty, pretty thriving business, to be honest, um, at different points. You know, there are ebb and flows, obviously. But uh, we got in there, and the situation was not good. <laughs> Um, I mean, it got, went from bad to worse, like the economy fell apart and Dave all of a sudden had to not just learn all of the different aspects of the business, but try to find work for the lines. Yeah, we had these like timelines that had all the work that we had and all these timelines, there was just this end point. It was like three months away, then it was two months away. And at that moment, we were just trying as hard as we could to find as any customers we we could find. Yeah, and honestly, we're used to working with really awesome customers, and then only t-shirts from Kmart were available, which was just not our bread and butter. We weren't like, just hurry up and sew stuff, hundreds of thousands of units, and so 
Dave was able to find some customers that needed full package programs, which meant that we would have to purchase the fabric, source the fabric, the trims. Um, it ended up developing into doing design and pattern work. And the business just kind of started developing. Albion was growing without us even knowing about it, to be honest. And just a lot of hardships came. Our factories went from 1,000 to 700 to 500 to 200 to eventually Dave had an idea to open up a little factory with just 25 people of the head of production, head of quality, all of these people that had all of the training over the 25 years. And to be honest, that's all that we were left with. And um, it was scary. Dave's mom flew down, bought us groceries at one point. Dave and I had about $100,000 in debt on our credit cards, just trying to help cover payroll for my parents and for the team. And two little babies, and it was, it was pretty bad. And I wanted to throw in the towel a lot of times, to be honest. Um, Dave had the idea to start our own company eventually, and it was the best decision we ever made. His, his background, he drew up a logo. We came up with the name Albion, because that's where we would go hang, up, hang out at the Albion Basin, skiing and hiking, and we, he proposed there, had our wedding reception there. But it was definitely out of necessity. It wasn't like we had this business plan and we come up with it was like, okay, we have these, you know, five extra operators and we love these guys and these guys have been with us through these hardest times and this is just our plan D and we're gonna try this. So it was definitely Oh yeah, it was it was the last ditch effort to be honest before we packed up our bags so moved back to salt lake hoping to find more clients for the factory albion was just a side hustle we sold um on consignment to a website owned by a couple girlfriends they sold dresses and we were able to sell fitness and swimwear under our own label and then city creek opened and they were looking for a local swimwear and fitness company and someone introduced them to us, and it seemed like an opportunity that we couldn't say no to, which we probably shouldn't have said yes to, because <laughs> we had zero experience in retail, but we just took a dive and borrowed some more money from our best friend, MX, and yeah, we just kind of made it happen. So that's how we started. That is stressy, even just hearing about it. <laughs> I left the part out where our whole factory was robbed. <laughs> but yes, it, it really was just the worst, yeah. to be honest. So you're literally circling the wagons, one, one last punch you yeah. can throw. Yeah. Um, and the stars start to align a little bit. Um, so you make it through that first wave. Again, it sounds really awful, so kudos to you guys for the thick skin and the de determination. Um, Moving into kind of new lines and new verticals, which is new friendships, new partners, big learning curve, I would imagine. Um, what was that next step, and what were those processes like? Well, Dave honestly had built all these relationships with all these fabric mills, and so that was awesome. So one of the things that definitely sets, up, sets us apart today, as it did then, was how vertically integrated we are. So we bought the factory from my parents about 10 years ago, and just being able to have these close relationships with the mills, I mean, it has changed the landscape. We were able to manufacture 25 units of something. And if it did well, great, we would sell more. And if it didn't, we could figure out how to sell 25 units. And, and I think working with customers that were hard, but, but great for us, they pushed us, like Liz is saying, like, like it, it wasn't like we just got a pattern maker. We found a really great pattern maker. We found a really great, like, like 
the fabrics we were using were really great. And, and I think, and Liz is really good at like silhouettes. And so it, it uh, in one way it, it was, it was really hard and was like this last ditch effort, but in another way it was very refining, like you're saying. And, and so I think that really helped us and it helped and, and having these, putting yourselves in these situations where you have to be excellent and kind of refining, I think really helped our brand. Well, and you know, we kind of talked about like pointers that we could share. And I think we are such advocates of using the resources that you have. So, you know, you could try to reinvent the wheel. Great. But if you've got a factory and you've got a graphic designer and you've got someone with a background in English that can write things, you know, in a lot of ways, it just made sense how everything kind of came together. Yeah. Um, this will be a little bit more in the weeds than we usually do, but what, what was the process for this awesome hoodie to end up on my body? <laughs> on your awesome body. Awesome well, hoodie, To awesome be honest, body. the genesis of that hoodie comes back to that factory that Liz was talking about when there was 25 people. And there's a couple things on it that like, are, are definitely like, we wanted to make ourselves, the first thing is we wanted to have a really good fit. And I mean, it's kind of on like our website or whatever, but that was like the first thing that we could control ourselves. That like Liz is saying like, what can we do really well? Well, one of the things is we had these excellent sewing people, operators that we knew. And so the first thing I think we did is we really tried to get the fit. And then the second thing is like the fabric, uh, like that's something that we also could control. So those first two things, I think were the biggest things for us and that, and that, that silhouette, we I mean, it's a hoodie, and there's lots of hoodies out there, but, like, there's a few certain things about that hoodie that make it unique to ourselves, and and that's, that actually, it was first, I mean, we, we change it for men's, but that first, like, design, the signature hoodie we did way back in that small little package. Yeah, it was a women's hoodie, and then, to be honest, most of our workforce is female. We have about... 99% of our workforce is female. So every now and then we remember that we need to do men's products. And so we just were like, you know, our zipper, our zip up is one of our best products. Let's get one to fit on Dave. And so just um, took one of his favorite hoodies, one of his favorite zip ups. And then we thought, what do we need to change on this? Well, we want to adjust the sleeves. We want to adjust the body. We want to adjust this. Um, we send samples, we cut them up, we make silhouettes, we draw them, we send them down to the factory in Guatemala. They work on it. Um, they do the fitting. We've got fabrics are so important. And like Dave said, we've got fabrics that we can pull from, send them. We honestly do three or four iterations on something before it comes to, to the stores. So, Very cool. What fabric is this? Because as we were talking before, this is like the perfect March, April, May, October, November. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Okay. No, just joking. It's just a cotton spandex blend. It's nothing, to be honest, there's so many, it's just where you get the fabrics and all of our fabrics come from the U.S. um, or from Guatemala, depending on duty obstacles. So, Um, Unique relationship in that you're married and um, have to work together. And then you go home together. Um, how did you guys, in the early days, and even up to the present, if you'd like, delineate duties? What are your core responsibilities? Well, I think first, like Liz is saying, we did meet at work. And we have a really good, since the beginning, it's been, we've always worked well together. And I think finding that partner, whether it, 
Um, whatever it is, it's nice to have a partner. And I know some people like these angel investors, they like make you have a partner almost like, because it does, it, you can like work off each other. And I think, and, and obviously like it's, it's hard and you don't always win or you win or maybe you owe, maybe you win so much that like one of us is like, Hey, you know, maybe I'm like, like I got this, you know? And so there is, there's a lot of, there is a lot of back and forth, but I think at the end of the day, it's nice to, to have some like refining moments, I would say. And yeah. And honestly, Dave's background is design and for him to be able to draw all of the patterns and draw these hand florals and stripes. And I mean, he established the aesthetic of the company from the very beginning. And my job was more to establish the voice. And we used our strengths that way. And that, that was really easy. And we were really early in the Instagram game. So we were able to use these awesome pictures that Dave would set up with the photo shoots and you know, with beautiful prints, beautiful product. And then I would throw a caption on there that I felt like was witty or clever and that could resonate. And it just worked. And to be honest, I think as the company has grown, it has been difficult because you know, I want to get more in design and Dave gets more in, in marketing. But to be honest, we share a vision. And one of the things that we discussed on the way up here is how do we make decisions? And I feel like all of our best decisions have been the decisions that we're on the same page. And when there's ever a little conflict, like we're willing to push through it and we're, we're always going to have to have discussions, especially for big things like opening stores or new product lines. But to be honest, if there's too much pushback, if it just doesn't feel right, it, it really isn't the right decision. And we have done that sometimes where one of us puts our foot down, if you will. And I think it's hard. You know, we, we decide that we're going to go all in if that's the decision that we're doing. But it makes sense that there was a little pushback because maybe it wasn't the best decision to make at the time. Yeah. So there is a little bit of a veto power between you two. Yeah. When push comes to shove. Um, and so with uh, business decisions like a new product, um, a new kind of direction, uh, those sound like they're pretty easy, but like bigger ones, like should we open a retail store? Um, how long do those take to kind of cycle through your guys' independent process? I think, we, I think what we do is we do a lot, of, we have a lot of ideas. And there's a, and it's not just us, you know, we have this full team and we have a lot of people who, who make, who help us make a lot of decisions. So those ideas get filtered up and then we have a ton, we have a ton of things. And, and, and so we're, we're like 50% on like 50 decisions, you know what I mean? But then there's a couple that kind of get elevated up. And I think that's kind of how it works with us is, is these ones where we're like, Hey, this feels this feels like we need to do something here, and then it kind of moves up. And I and I know we've been talking, to, and I think those are how big decisions kind of. It's not like we're looking to make big decisions. It's like we're recognizing when we see. I think to recognize when it is a big decision, rec rec recognize like when there's a super big problem, is harder than you think to. You know what I'm saying? Like to to see it, and in hindsight, it looks like. Oh, that was a big problem or that was a big decision but but really recognizing when those decisions come up is when I think we try to like really be 
invested in. For sure. And sometimes there are strict deadlines that we have to stick to. But for store openings, I feel like we've always erred on the cons- the conservative side. Then we have been very aggressive. And I think that's because we had just a lot of shell shock and PTSD from where we started from. But honestly, opportunities arise. And we just know we've got to pounce on this. We either pounce or we don't. And so it's so nice. We don't have a board, for example. We're pretty non-traditional. Um, we're pretty egalitarian, honestly, in how we do stuff. There's a lot of collaboration. No one at Albion has titles even. It's really funny and awkward when people come to our office because people are like, this is Karen, for example, who's here, or this is Dave, or this, and it's like, and they, and you list off like 30 things, you know? But um, it makes it actually a very collaborative environment because we're always getting feedback from people. So well, when Dave and I we, have a big, sorry. Well, I was just say, we don't have a board, but then we have like a, a bunch of really trusted yeah. people in our in our team that really like have a big say and it I mean I don't think I don't know I don't know if if you go in there and you'd be like who's like who's like running this I mean not like really I mean I think they know I think they know like there's but at the same time there's a lot of people that are have a lot of say in, in what we do for our last store for example you you know we check out locations there's always three or four locations that we're looking at we're looking at what sales are. I mean, that's so nice to have an e-com business, obviously, right? And we can see where we're at. Right now, we're opening up a store in Austin in the next five weeks, which will be our sixth retail location we're really excited about. But where Austin is right now is, I think sales are three times as what they were when we opened up Dallas and Scottsdale. So things are always shifting, but you know, it takes probably two or three months to get a lease signed. And then from there, it just goes to Dave's hands to design the space. Uh, he works with the team. What worked at our last store? What innovations do we need to stick in this time? And then, you know, build outs obviously can be tricky, but we try to be really flexible. And I think that, you know, we don't have a strict one year plan or three year plan or five year plan. We really don't. We just had a leadership retreat and we said that we think that's one of the things that makes us great at Albion. We don't have superficial goals that we're trying to meet revenue wise, but we do have. Um, you know, let's get a TikTok that goes viral or let's do this on Instagram or let's have a product that does this or let's add three categories. And I think what's really cool is anything that at the end of the year, it's always more than what I think we would have established if we had done that at the beginning. Yeah, It sounds like a very kind of flat and well run organization and that it's similar to kind of hear people walk in and they're like, I don't know who to talk to (laughs) because everyone looks kind of the same. Um, do you guys commute together in the same car to the office? Yeah, I'd say eighty percent. Sometimes I walk. Eighty percent. Yeah, Liz is a walker, <laughs> and we're we're close now. We were we were farther away, yes. and so but yeah. I, but yeah, business talks. Our poor kids. We were living in Midway for the last year and a half, and forty five minutes up, forty five minutes down. It's mostly business. Well, that was going to be my question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Um, it sounds like it's 24-7. If an idea comes at breakfast, it's going to be discussed. Yeah. For better or worse. And I think, uh, to be honest, I think that's one of the things that we need to work on is to have more delineation between, you know, personal life and business life. But this is this is our baby. I mean, we care about it so much. And all of our team members, they really do feel like family and there's so much more going on than just work stuff that we're involved in in their personal lives and it's all encompassing and yeah yeah i, mean, yeah, I just yeah. say too like there's i think you hear the horror stories 
and you know what I mean? It's like, hey, like it's hard. It is hard. It's not easy. Like we have our we have our own like journey that we're on, but we're on it together. But you know what I mean? We all we all want some certain things out of life and but at the same time, there's losses and it's hard, but it's cool to go through those with somebody that you know is going to be there for you. But then there's a lot of wins that nobody really talks about that are so cool that maybe maybe that other people don't have. Like, we know, we share those and we share them with our team. And it's the wins, that's so cool. And we can, we can look back together and be like, yeah, wasn't that cool? And, and we will always have those moments. Yeah. yeah, and our kids are really, to be honest, like our kids, we drag them around to every store opening. They're the ones who cut the ribbon. Um, and it's been a great learning process for all of us, but it's definitely, yeah, I think it's, yeah, one and the same. Yeah. So like in a you know, tr- traditional marriage, like, like in this example, if the husband wants a new Tesla truck, right? Um, Just a hypothetical. Like, cool. Um, <laughs> Or if, like, my wife wants something expensive, like, great, keep on wishing. Um, but you guys could be like, oh, go sell more hoodies, and you can get it, right? Um, increase the ROI. It's, like, actionable. Um, let's talk a little bit about the retail stores. Uh, how do those work? How have they worked? Are you happy with, with how they're operating and functioning, and how does it tie back into the whole overall business? I think at first... Like it was the first, it was like Liz said, it was an opportunity. And you're talking about, okay, what's a big decision? Well, you know, we had a friend and she's like, hey, I can get you in City Creek. I know this person, they're looking for somebody just like you guys. And we're like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. We've never done retail. Liz has worked at Crate and Barrel. I did. You know, and that's about it for a little <laughs> bit. And uh, we were like, okay, we can do it. And they're like, okay, well, tell us a, a price you could go. And we're like, oh, like, it was honestly comedic. I think they wanted but, like $45,000 for the space. It was a giant space. But I mean, it was, that's what it was. This was like 10 right years was, ago. It was when the recession was, City Creek was just opening, and they just needed somebody in there. And they probably don't want us to say this, but we'll just. Yeah, but just anyways, but we, they were, they've been so good to us, and that yeah. mall really helped build us. But and we finally, countered with a really low offer, yeah, and they like, took oh. it. We're like, oh, we can't do it. But like they said, well, just give us an offer. So we're like, oh, okay, I'm just. It's just the formality of it. So we said a pretty low price, and they're like, and then like a day, two days later, we get an email back, and they're like, they took it, and we're just like both like looking at it like, oh, really? But it was like the worst best moment ever. Yeah, because we're like, <laughs> what are we gonna do? And so we we did, and it was it wasn't yeah. the best. Like it was what we could do. But it was know? a temporary space, which we didn't know because we didn't look at the contract very carefully. Yeah, but, but, it, but that was fine. But hey, Rome wasn't built in a day, and I think <laughs> just being an uh, being an entrepreneur, like being where wherever you guys are at. It's not build a day, and, it, and that's another thing that, that like, you're seeing, like, and even your, the stuff that you're making, it takes, like, iteration. It takes iteration, and it takes time, and, and what's hard, I think, for me, it, for us at first, is some of the things we had in our head, they didn't get executed. Like, we had the concept, but we didn't execute it as well as we thought we could. But the, it resonated, and I think that's the most important part. It's but we knew resonate. it resonated yeah. because it was a store, and so I feel like we, again, we talked about this on the way up. We think retail for our company is the best idea because we love engaging with our customers. We love being involved with the community. Marketing comes very easily to us and we love the feedback. And you know, we get nightly reports that Dave and I are reading every single night. What do people want? What are they loving? What do we need to improve on? 
But to be honest, if you aren't wanting, is that if that doesn't interest you to be all in on your retail space, I think it makes zero sense. It's such a huge liability. I mean, when COVID hit, we had four stores that were shut down indefinitely and no business interruption insurance. We had to keep paying the rents. We had to keep paying all of the salaries. We didn't furlough anybody. We had to keep the hours up. And I mean, that was our decision, but we felt good about it. But it was scary. You have hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're paying every single month that you have to pay. So I think that if you are interested in it, you just have to take a really hard look at the situation and decide, are you willing to go all in? Because if you just want to throw clothes up and expect them to sell themselves in this market, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, as far as like going back to like the, the products, you guys have a lot, swimwear and hoodies and shoes. Um, quick and easy question, maybe. Uh, what's your favorite product, Dave and then Liz? Well, I, I feel like my favorite products are the product that, that resonate. And I think I don't know. Sell. Yeah, that's sell, to be honest. And because it, 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 to me, it's just like, it's like, I think we have a bunch, we have a bunch of designers at Albion. And I think what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to express ourselves and, and we're trying to keep it like in, in that, in that world of like, Hey, we're, we're, we're trying to do something that nobody's done or like we're trying to create art. And I think if that's your mindset, I think it's a lot easier. And so, the, but the, the way that I, I feel like is when we get that resonating, um, you know, re, bike sales, that is resonating with people. And I think it, it is some a way you can equate um, things. I'm not saying it's the end all and be all, but it is, it is something that's important. And um, so I think, I do think like, the swims, for example, I think it's it's fun because it, you can be a little bit more creative with those. And Dave is very deflecting too, and I will say he he actually like draws these prints. And so one of the swimsuits that just killed it last year was this swimsuit called the Maria, which is my favorite swimsuit. We've had that style for several years, but this year he threw on like the most beautiful hand drawn flower and. The ads just hit. And honestly, we've only been doing ads for two years. That's another thing that I feel like is something that I'm really proud of. We grew organically for eight years. But this ad just took off. And I just think that it, it takes so much. It's like the right photographer, the right setting, the right swimsuit, the right print. Everything just came together. And I feel like that swimsuit is just such an iconic representation of what we do. And I honestly think that swimsuit looks great on so many different women. Um, for me... Like every day, these jet setters, these jet setter pants, they're so easy and comfortable. Yeah. Um, how annoying is it? I almost did it when we were talking beforehand. I was like, this should be in camouflage so I can use it for <laughs> duck hunting. And then I stopped because I was like, it'd be cool if it had some shell holders. I could have kept going. Um, I assume that happens quite frequently where people, once they figure out and know what you do, like, oh, well, here you go. Here's a pitch. How annoying is that? I, I love it. And I feel like it's like, Hey, like the more, I think the, the thing is like with the stores too, I mean, the stores are a really great place to get feedback and it is nice to have retail and it has that, that experience where we have a hundred percent of the environment and, and people can come in and give us that feedback. I think it's about how you filter all of that in a way that's constructive. And I, and, and I think that's the, the key. For sure. I think that's one of the biggest things that we're trying to train our team right now is 
you know, when I get it, everyone knows it drives me crazy when we get an email that says, we had a lot of recommendations for this pan. It's like, okay, we had hundreds of people come in. How many recommendations? Was it one? Was it 20? And so I feel like the better that we can really get clear data on how much people are requesting stuff, but I think the stores provide great outlets for that. But I love it. It's so fun. My friends do it all the time. We have talls because I have one friend who's 6'1". All my friends are like 5'3 or shorter, and I have a 6'1 friend. And she loves her pants because we have a tall. And we sell a bunch of talls, and it was a, it was a great idea. Yeah. And I think – I don't think there's a lot – like I think we're more of like just creating the confluence of ideas into something that's like a great thing. That's kind of our job now versus like – in, you know, at the same time, I think I think we're we're trying to lead too, but yeah, for sure. but definitely like bringing up all that information is Together. is great. Yeah, and what what happens when there's a product that you think's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and the market doesn't think so? We cry. Yeah, we, we take it really personally. Yeah, it's like someone says your baby's ugly. That's pretty much how it feels. Um, you know, you can, we go, we go about it two ways. Maybe the picture, maybe the photography wasn't right, or maybe we didn't market it the right way. So we kind of have some boxes we try to check off. Um, but to be honest, we've, that's something we need, we're trying to get better at, but it's really hard when your gut is like, this is it. And then it doesn't reflect that. That's yeah, that's hard. Definitely. It's about what was resonating. And there's been a ton, like there is a couple, I did like a, like kind of a plaid, suit a couple years ago and I'm still mad about it and I don't know why anybody didn't buy it it's like the it's like the best I want to say I told you so no but it's like the best suit I don't know I don't know what maybe I don't know but at the same time it didn't resonate and you know what we didn't spend a lot of time on it and that's okay like you gotta you gotta you that I think especially when you're like it's okay and it's okay to work really hard on something I, this is what was, is, is like designing stuff. It's hard because you don't want to waste your energy, you know? And it's like, so, and it is personal. I don't care what anybody says. Like, you're designing <laughs> stuff. Like, it, it should be a little bit personal. Like, but at the same time, like, you, like, you're going to, you might use that down the road. So don't worry about it. Like, it's okay. Like, just keep on going, I would say. And, and just find the things that are resonating. We'll relaunch that plaid suit because it sounds pretty cool. I mean, that does happen though, where it doesn't I mean, do well, I'm and then saying, years later, you know, you're like, ah, oh, cool. now everyone's doing that. Anyways, yeah. All right. Um, as you guys grow and scale, you've mentioned you've got a bigger team now, and uh, you've got the same worries as a lot of others: supply chain and COVID pandemics. Um, as a flat organization, what are some kind of guardrails and systems and processes that you guys are gonna? be forced to use as you grow and scale, and how do you apply those to the company? That's a really hard question to answer. Um, I think for us, we've just continually been in high growth mode. Like one year has never been the same as the year before. And you know, COVID was really scary from our side for two months, but then it blew up and it just, we did really, really well in 2020 and in 2021. But it's because, you know, I think for us, again, we're very conservative when it comes to spend. We just are. And because we're more vertically integrated, we don't have to invest a lot in inventory. So that's huge for us. Our liability is very, very little. If you looked at how big our warehouse is for the amount of revenue we have, you'd be blown away. But I don't think we have more than like 10 or 12 days worth of product. It's like in, out, in, out. So I think having very tight controls on inventory is important for us. Um, just being willing to make decisions on the fly. We didn't have a lot of issues with supply chain because we get the fabric ourselves and we produce it ourselves. 
but we did run into an issue with the jet setter because we've got these zippers and it's our best-selling pant and when everybody was home everyone wanted comfy loungewear right that they could wear and this was the go-to pant so we were trying to have the foresight like what could we do and so we came up with a brand new product which was the jet setter without a zipper and we adjusted the waistband and so voila like now we don't have that issue so I think the guardrails are just being conservative in our spend, just keeping a really close eye on the things that are in our control and just trying to iterate based off of what that is. Yeah, definitely fiscally conservative. And uh, we're not, I mean, we're in it for the long haul. And I think that's kind of helped the guardrails be up. But then at the same time, like was saying, like, we can't, we never expect, like, if we are just doing the same thing we did last year to work. Like, every year there's got to be you gotta we gotta be like pushing our you know innovation and what we're doing and i think those two things are kind of like against each other a little bit but at the same time like if those two tenants are pretty sound yeah very cool um one or two questions and we'll open it up um in 20 years from now looking back uh it sounds like you're not building this to sell it but you can answer the question in your own words, what would be something that would make you happy and smile looking back 20 years from now? You're making me want to cry, and I don't even know what I'm thinking about. Um, I think I just want to keep having relationships with the people that are on our team. I think one of the things that I'm most proud of, well, this is our 10-year anniversary on April 1st, is when we opened up the first store coming up. and. It's that we have five girls who work for us today who worked for us when we started. And they're the area managers, they're the warehouse managers, they're the, um, they're the leaders. And I'm really, really proud of that. And I feel like Albion in 20 years, I hope, is still a place where specifically women can come and know that there's opportunities for you, regardless of what phase of life you're in. We've got these five girls, you know, some of them are married and have kids and they didn't think they'd still want to work. and they did, but now they're working more part-time, and that's fine. And then we've got girls who are able to focus on their careers because they don't have kids or they're not going to more school. And I just want it to be a place where people can feel like they can grow and they can see the mark that they've left on this company because it's so much bigger than me and Dave now, and, and I know that that's what it's going to be like times whatever, you know, in the future. Sorry to make you cry a little. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I... Hundred percent. It's the people, and just like even, even the people that have come through and gone on to do other things, it's been just so cool, you know. And just being around really amazing people and excellent people, and that's that's what's been so amazing about this is is we get to we get to be around all these people all day, and 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 also creating this portfolio of you know we can look back on life and we. We really tried to create art, and we really tried to create something that we were proud of. And I think it's, I'm, I'm really proud of our brand, and I'm proud of being a part of it. And it, and it is cool to be, you know, like, what's your why, or you know, that, that whole thing. It's cool to be a part of something that 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 you're proud of. And I think it makes it so much easier to to be successful when you when you have that pride in it. Very cool. All right, the product that is going to be. The funnest and coolest, in your opinion, in 2022. Jeez, well, we haven't designed it yet. Yeah, I mean that sounds like that's pretty far out for us. Okay. But to be honest, though, interest like we'll literally design stuff today, and if we get it into our factory by like 
9 a.m., we might have the sample here tomorrow. Like, it's freaky fast, like, how we turn stuff around. And so, you know, if maybe we'll have your sweatshirt. Maybe maybe yeah. it's your sweatshirt maybe, with the shells, spaces. There you and, go. You know, yes. <laughs> yeah, very, that was where I was really implying. <laughs> uh, very cool. All right, let's open it up to some Q&A from the audience. Hey, um, so some of the tech people here might not have physical retail offices like you, but we really admire the customer interaction and feedback you've talked a lot about. Um, when that interaction was taken away at, with COVID, with your stores closing, was there anything you did to like, oh, let's recreate this virtually now? How did you think about that? Yeah, so number one, as soon as we had to close the office and close the stores, we sent out a memo to our team and we said, we're not letting anybody go. You know, we're gonna keep everyone's hours. We're gonna keep things going as normal as possible while being trapped. <laughs> and we needed to do the same for our customers because retail therapy is a real thing. And so what we did is we actually moved all of our in-store stylists to be customer service team members. And so our online chat exploded. And we, start, we went from you know, a couple hundred chats a day to 5,000 a day. And so we were able to put the in-store experience online uh, with people who really know the product. These aren't people who, you know, they have no idea what they're talking about. These women could say, okay, what are your measurements? What colors do you like? Okay, what do you, I'll pair this with this. You should wear this with this, this color. This is the size you need. And it was great because people felt like they had that interaction and it was an opportunity for us to share our culture virtually in a way that we hadn't been able to do before. I, I don't really have a question. I just wanted to say I feel honored to be here today. Um, it's obvious that you're competent in what you do and that you have an excellent work ethic, but the thing that's shown forth for me is integrity. When faced with something you don't even know what it is, and your first thought is, we're not closing, we're not furloughing, we're gonna, go f we're gonna move this thing forward. And as you discussed what happened down in you know, the factory for your parents, you didn't run away from that. You never ran away from it. Now, I, I hate to shop. <laughs> but I have you know, my wife and my daughters. This is my daughter here wearing your clothes, by the way. Uh, you know, and I get drugged to all these stores. And so I've been at your place at City Creek a number of times, and I've got to tell you, your people are very nice, and they're bubbly, and they're invested in the customer that walks in. I know you know this, but this is like a huge thing in the world of today. So I just want to congratulate you for the integrity and for how you've then instilled this culture down to your people. I think it's excellent. And oh, by the way, she's really pretty. She's lovely, and, and, and she, she I could be your the model. Top to bottom, she yes. could be your model, and I've heard the word jet setter a hundred million times, <laughs> and I didn't really want to ever hear it. So, she has a bunch of them. So oh, there you go. That, that's you all so I wanted much. to say. That's Congratulations. So, that's so kind. Thank you. We we do get that a lot, and and uh, just just to go on that. There was early on there was some there was a few people that were on board and like uh, Aubrey. Anyways. There's a couple of people that came to us and were like, hey, this is like, our, show, our stores were all right. They're more like a showroom for us, we're thinking. Uh, you know, they, they did all right. And then a, a couple of people came on, one person in particular, and she was just like, let's do this. You want to you do retail? I'll help you. And she came in and she really 
set the, the tone for, for how she, she felt like a store could be. And I think, like Liz is talking about, those first few people in our, that worked at our store, they really set that culture. And we have so much pride in, in like being a part of that because we really do think that the people that get hired are special. And they, they, they're, they, they have a special attitude about them. And they really, you know, they really spend a lot of time um, trying to find the right people. Yeah, I'm curious how you take customer feedback uh, into your product development. So we have a nightly report. That was something that I mentioned earlier. Um, we get our return slips. Um, there's like a space there for us to be able to gather the data and it's disseminated nightly and weekly. So truly every single store, we read a report every single night and there's a section dedicated to customer feedback. And we look at that and then yeah, make, make sure things happen. Hey, um, do you guys still test smaller MOQs? And then the next question after that is, what's the percentage split from your retail to your online in terms of sales? Yeah, uh, that number fluctuates now that we're opening more stores. But in general, it's about 80-20 e-com to stores. And um, MOQs, yeah. We, yeah, we are, we are pretty lucky that way, that what we can do. But I think small for us now is way bigger than what our smaller orders or our biggest orders were back in the day. But, um, yeah. Definitely having, like, a factory or something where you can, you have a really good relationship with. And I think even, even like, I don't know, just, like, I, I, we've been on the factory side, too, where, where we've been contractors. And it is hard to make those, like, you make, you know, 100000 or or. 500 if you get the you know just to get this the product going is such an important part so i i don't know we even if it costs a little bit more to do those smaller runs it it's it is nice to fail quickly if you're gonna you know what i mean and kind of iterate and i do think it's important to keep in mind from the factory standpoint we always recommend people start out in la when you're starting out a new line or in Utah, I know there's factories here, but you want to be able to have that control over your product and control the quality um, and make sure that the sample that's approved actually looks like what the production you're receiving is. But I will say, having been on the factory end, um, we feel really good about manufacturing in Guatemala with the same people that we've had on our team. We take really good care of our factory workers. And to be honest, what we're paying our team, we might as well be sewing in LA. We, we, pay, we pay very, very well. Um, with that said, factories don't make very much money, and people need to understand that when you're buying clothes from, you know, name whatever place, and it's not expensive, it's because that factory is lucky to make a couple cents off of a shirt. I mean, it is very hard, and they're having to produce hundreds of thousands of units in order to make a profit if they're lucky. So I do think that there needs to be an understanding of what our expectations are for factories and that you know, for them to be able to be successful and to take care of their operators, like it needs to be a good facility. Hi, my question um, with a flat organization, how do you onboard new team members to where they know what their responsibilities are? And when they, how do they know when they hit their target? 
So we still have goals, they, they have goals, um, and it, it's more broad, like for example, we'll have people who are on the marketing team and their emphasis is on PR, for example, or their emphasis is on social media coordination. So I mean more like we don't have C-suite positions, we don't have VPs, we don't have directors. So in that respect, it's more flat, but everyone does get a specific job description with roles when they're hired on. and. Um, they should. We're not as good at them as we should, but they should have monthly check-ins to make sure that they're going in the right direction. And we want them to be very involved with what the goals are as well, because to be honest, they're the ones that are in it every day, and they know what's reasonable and what isn't. And there should always be a stretch goal that people feel like they can reach. And we want people to feel valued and appreciated and recognized for the work that they're doing. Um, but you know, if people are falling short, it's because to be honest, at least in our organization, it's probably because they're not taking the initiative to, to do whatever they need to in order to, to excel, because th there's room for them to do that. Thank you for sharing your experience today. Um, two questions. You're looking for child models. And, Always. <laughs> and um, are you, uh, would you be interested in doing co-branding or uh, branching off into ethnic lines? I don't know if that's part of your overall vision, but I had some uh, some interest in finding a co uh, what do you call it? Co not co-packer. What is? I don't know what the term is in in tech in in your um, industry, but someone to do a label. Yeah, like it's private pri labeling. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Private label. To yes. be honest, we made a commitment to ourselves a long time ago that we wanted to only sew Albion. Um, at our factories and it's because we it's so hard to sew for other people um, when we first opened our store it was October and holiday was coming up but we had a huge order for Callaway that we needed to sew we were still sewing for other people and to be honest I bid it wrong and I thought we would make maybe a dollar a unit, and I think we ended up losing about a quarter, and it was like 30,000 jackets. But we had already made the commitment, and it was all in motion. And I remember Dave and I looked at the store, and we're like, the store's empty. Like, there's no product in the store. And so we just always, I think our personalities are, we feel really stressed when someone else has a need that we aren't fulfilling. And so we've just, we've kind of made a decision to not do private label and to not work with other companies. Yeah. We do collaborate. You know, we've done that. When we first started, we did some collaborations with some influencers on products. We did that about nine years ago. And I think, you know, we are trying to work with other brands right now in terms of like, you know, we've reached, there's some other brands that we're really excited that we're probably going to do cool branding stuff, but it's like our prints on someone else's planner or someone else's sock or, or something like that. All right. Last question. Well, I want to tell you my experience because buying a bathing suit is the scariest thing you can do. And I had two that I'd had forever and one I accidentally threw in the dryer for a couple of minutes and disintegrated. So four years later, I needed a bathing suit and my friend had told me about you guys. So I went into Fashion Place and I had somebody wait on me because this is all doesn't happen anymore. I had somebody actually come to my dressing room ask if things were fitting right, can I get you anything else? And I bought the most beautiful bathing suit, and I actually showed, was telling my friend about it, and she goes to her bedroom, walks out, has the same one in a different color. <laughs> so 
I will never buy another bathing suit unless it's Albion. It just fits perfect. Your people are amazing, and thank you. Thank you. For this making is, it a great experience. I'm just going to leave feeling really great today. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Cool. That means a lot. We'll definitely pass on all of this feedback, and they love to hear it. Thank you. Yeah. This has been fun. Thank you. Let's thank you, Dave. Congrats on all your success. Thank Thanks. you.